a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the San Diego Supercross Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Carbon Fiber, Kevlar, Cool Max, MIPS. Fly Racing's F2 Carbon and Standard Form is as close to a factory race bike as a helmet can get. Used by Canard, Pike, Millsaps, Baggett, and more. FlyRacing.com. 10 graphic styles, 22 colorways. Fly Racing. Much more than uh, motocross gear, people. Mountain bike stuff that I use and endorse. Snowmobile gear that I've never used or, but I do endorse. And a bunch of hard parts as well. Uh, sprockets, chains, clamps, levers, uh, stands, motor stands. They got it. FlyRacing.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. Trust me, it's Steve Mathis. Uh, I know you. I don't sound that way, but... but but luckily for some of you, I'm not going to talk that much. So I'm, I'm sure some of you are very happy. Uh, with me on the line to break down San Diego Supercross, uh, my boss at RacerX Online, uh, the voice of uh, American Motocross, the voice of GNCC, the voice of Enduro Cross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, buddy? I have a correction to make from uh, last week's podcast. So oh. can I start with that? Oh, yeah, please do. Yeah. I was reading off of some of the um, one of my favorite things we've had, which is the rider nicknames by craft beer names. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my haste to get it out there, I actually was just reading off a file on my computer, not the one that actually was published. Yep. Uh, so one of the ones I said it was actually edited out and not used in the magazine because uh, it could be determined insulting, um, which was Arrogant Bastard Ale, which would be a nickname for uh, Cooper Webb. Oh. Uh, but the good news is his mom thought that was funny, and she actually went and found that beer and bought some. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I was kind of confused. And I'm like, man, I'm surprised you would have put that in. Like, you know, with, you know, you just spitball a hundred ideas, and you're like, yeah, that's this one's not right, or this one's mean, or I'm surprised you would have done that. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's because I was reading from a file, not from the actual what was published. So, wow. uh, my bad. Anyway, you know, Cooper wow. Webb, he's a headstrong guy. I don't know. What's, um, I don't so know. what's worse that completely ridiculous. I don't know. It's worse that you called him an arrogant bastard, or that his family listens to this podcast. I'm not sure what's worse. AC put you well, up to I it? think the worst part was I think that I think someone told his mom to listen. So oh. as you know, once it gets to that game of telephone, someone heard it and tells somebody else you're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a matter of translation, interpretation, and that's usually honestly, anytime we've ever gotten in trouble with a writer, isn't it usually someone tells someone, tells someone, tells someone, tells them that kind of thing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, but no one was mad. Like I said, the mom <clears throat> thought it was funny and even bought the beer, so no one was mad. I just feel like wow. it was. Uh, I just have to correct it because it was not in the magazine. That was actually left on the editing room floor. Okay, but um, if you are Cooper Webb himself or Seth Rarick or Cooper Webb's family, you might not want to listen to this podcast. San Diego was not good. Oh, that is true. Just, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to have anything positive to say this particular week. Right, but anyways, uh, also right. on the line, 
from uh, Fly Racing and German Supercross champion, Montreal Supercross champion, uh, Blackfoot Honda rider, uh, tough arena cross rider, Subway Honda rider, XL Yamaha rider. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, easy. No, not um, Husqvarna. 3D. 3D racing. That's the one I was trying to remember. There you go. Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. I actually missed this race. I was uh, I was leading our national sales meeting on Saturday, so I uh, I had a different perspective, much like you did at a few races last year. Both of you guys actually from the couch. So it's interesting to see how much you see and don't see just from the TV versus being live yeah. in person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into this. Uh, my voice is not good, and I got a pulp show tonight, so um, we'll let you guys carry a lot of this. I'm not going to rant and rave too much on this podcast. Um, we each, though, we're running a cool uh, subscription thing. We want everybody to subscribe to Race Rex Magazine. Sometimes you may even hear about uh, stories that we don't put in the magazine, like Weege when he, when he reads off his computer for Cooper Webb. So, um, yeah, yeah, okay, you won't actually read that particular one of them. Right, <laughs> right, nicknames right. are there, but not that nickname, so there you go. Right. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, um, we're running a cool little deal for, uh, for Glendale Supercross. Yeah, um, we're trying to you know get people to subscribe. We told you over and over that there's separate stories in there you won't read anywhere else, but let's give it an even better incentive. We are going to give away the most priceless, valuable, interesting, greatest prize in the history of motocross. Are you ready? If you are going to the Glendale Supercross in two weeks, subscribe or renew to RacerX now, and you will be entered into the running to... Hang out with Mathis and I in the pits for an hour on Saturday afternoon. There is literally no greater prize. I'm in, too. Let me in. Let me in on that. Where are you <laughs> in? Out, bro? JT? Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. All right. JT, this is pretty much what you do every weekend, so I'm sure you can handle it. Got it down to a science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to drag you around. We'll, we'll steal some free lunch, um, go into some team trucks, and, and hear people talk crap. We'll probably have you – maybe we'll have them sign a confidentiality waiver. What do you think? Yeah, I think we probably should, especially around some of those guys. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna personally – I'll take you over to Marty. We'll talk to Marty, <laughs> hang out. Um, Anderson, Imagine if RV still raced. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'd be uh, good. Anderson will be next, yeah. and then followed up, we'll, uh, we'll all hang with Barsha, everybody. And uh, I think it'll be yeah. a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some guaranteed stops. I, I would imagine we'll probably visit Filthy Phil at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we will take you to talk to Phil. And yeah. Phil will guaranteed. will drop F-bombs on both of us on how shitty we are. And you'll get a real behind-the-scenes look at everything. Um, every, so. every single truck I take you to, every single truck will insult me and call me names. And then I will insult them back. And then we will have conversations yep. after that. That's normally how it goes. It's it's a cool idea. I think if you're really into these podcasts and into uh, the Pulp Show and stuff that Weege does and everything else, and maybe JT will be around, and, and, and yeah, really cool deal. So um, subscribe. So go to, uh, to racerexonline.com slash Hangout, and uh, we'll have more races posted, but the first one we have up here is Phoenix. We'll figure out some other ones. So if you're going to the race, seriously, buy a digital subscription for 10 bucks. And you're in the running, or buy a magazine one for twenty. But basically, it's worth ten bucks to uh, take a shot at this. Yeah, yeah. And if you got a hot chick, wife, girlfriend, like, I'll come by, mm. and you'll see what mm. happens. With that. Yeah, send pictures maybe yeah. with each. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Subscribe and hang out with Weed and I. It'll be great. Um. All right, San Diego again. 
Uh, a little bit like Anaheim. A, a much tougher track than Anaheim, though. A pretty gnarly track. But it was also a factor throughout the night. It got choppy. It got ruts. It broke down in places. And the track it, itself was a bit of a an obstacle for uh, the riders. Weege, don't you think? Yeah, it really was. And you and I did a video um, after practice. And you said the obstacle was going to be not the obstacles, but uh, the dirt. And I think that was proven uh, by talking to the riders. It just changed so much. It was another race that was going to be a mudder that wasn't. So, cha-ching, there was yet another on my never-ending list. But there was some moisture left, uh, and then some came up in the soil throughout the night. So it, the track, I think, just changed a lot from what it was in practice and then what it was in the heats and the mains. And um, the riders had to deal with that. And both Roxton and Dungey spoke a lot about, I mean, I'll get, we'll get into this battle they had, but they both had to be careful you know, they're trying to go as fast as they possibly can, but if you try to rush it on that track um, with the holes and how slick it can get in spots, it could have been a problem. So they really had to be on their toes. And surprise around, too, by the way, that it was that gnarly. The jump's pretty big. Yeah. Were gnarly. They, they didn't mess around this weekend. No, it was good. I thought we'd see a bit different, more, a, a bit uh, few combos. I thought after the whoops, JT, that mm-hmm. they might go three on right yep. out of that turn. Um, I thought maybe. Um, at the end, they would go, no, not the end of that section. There was another rhythm. They went three on the table, then across the table. There was another rhythm where I thought there'd be something different done, and there wasn't. Um, so, um, yeah, pretty pretty tough track. Yeah, especially looked like in practice when that the last three out was kind of jacked up. That's, that's unfortunate. Well, hold on a second, though. I'm going to write okay. about this in my column, JT, and, and this is a good – we can stop here. Uh, Oldenburg – uh, clipped the landing, broke his collarbone. Top Jimmy knocked himself out. Jeremy Martin, everybody, had perhaps the save of the year. It was incredible. And it's he round- didn't save it. No, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, not getting hurt of the crash yeah. of the year. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, and rolling around two. I, I don't know how anybody can beat that. But um, that jump claimed some guys. It was low takeoff and a. a um, a kind of a curb, bigger landing, and they fixed it after Jimmy went down. But you know, I talked to two, I talked to Hill after the race, JT, and I said, "What about that jump?" And he said, "You know what? Yeah, you had to really hit it hard. It was wasn't that big though. wasn't that big of a deal. Like no, he, Hill, did you listen we to the post race stuff? Why can't not there? Go yeah, on. I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, anytime someone gets hurt, no, I. Um, <clears throat> No, I know, and and so Hill made it out to be no big deal, that jump, and I felt anyways. Um, I talked to another rider that said, big deal, MC would have done that every lap, starting on the third lap, like, what big deal, don't change it. I was a bit surprised. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but any time a rider gets hurt, you're going to have some people saying, uh, and Jimmy's banged up, but I think he's going to be okay, and I mean, if J-Mark crashed like that, 99 times. He's going to get hurt all 99 times. But he had the one of 100 where he managed to flip over two tough blocks and somehow get up okay. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it just almost is like the battle over how could they put a rhythm lane after the start? How could they put whoops after the start? you got to have something. I mean, tracks, well, yeah. someone's always going to crash on something, and then it's always going to open the Pandora's box. What do you make of that, JT? Like, some guys telling me, like, yeah, no problem, and other guys saying, like, kind of quit being babies. But yet we have guys getting taken out because of it. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, a, there's both sides of the coin, just like you're saying, because if you feel it's dangerous and you don't want to jump it, then don't jump it, mm-hmm. you know? 
no one's no one's forcing you to jump anything. Uh, I equate it to, and you guys may have to think about this to remember it, but do you remember the jump that Ryan Villapoto broke his leg on at St. Louis yes. in 2010? Yes. Well, there yeah. was a big controversy, and, and I, I can remember the hot lap of the main event, and, and I had been jumping it. You know, if you were making the 450 <clears throat> main events, you were jumping this, this triple. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. but No, yeah. but it, the track was beat up. Yes. Like It was super ruddy and sketchy. And I remember doing it about the first eight laps or so of the main event, and I just tapped out because I had hit my limit. I was going to hurt myself or crash or do something stupid. So I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. I had to stop doing it. And, you know, RV and Dungey are going for the win. And obviously they're a lot better than I was. So they kept going. And then obviously we saw what RV did. And then maybe the, the next lap, Tedesco did the same thing. And they both got hurt pretty bad. Uh, so I, I kind of look at it like that as you've got to make your own decision for yourself. Um, if if there was a really big inconsistency, which I, I heard Jeremy Martin was complaining about, I think that's a little little dangerous. Like if you if you move over one or two feet and it looks like it's the same, but it's not built the same, that's a little dangerous. So I, I can understand Jeremy Martin's side of it if, if that was true. Uh, but as far as just tough jumps, man, that's that's kind of part of Supercross. Like it's it's supposed to be difficult. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a touchy subject for sure. You know. I, I was surprised a bit on the pushback. You know who was very upset was uh, the great Tim Ferry on Twitter. Yeah. Tim- got, did, did, was there any truth to what Jeremy Martin was saying? Like, it was really inconsistent as far as how they built it? Nobody. I I didn't make it over there during track walk, JT. Yeah. Sh- shocking. Because that's what Martin said. He said if you hit right. it in one line, you know, and, and it wasn't like it was all rutted. He just said if you hit it in different spots, it would it was completely different as far as how they finished the track. So yeah. I, I can understand that point of view, but I don't have any, you know, yeah. evidence if that's true or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was uh I don't know I don't know either. I didn't hear that from anybody I spoke to about it, but I'm not saying Jeremy. Did you Martin's read wrong. uh did you hear read Martin's comments about it? No, I did not. No, I was just going off what you said. Okay. Well yeah, we, he was if he only took we, some shots at Dirtworks about it because they you know, he yeah. was saying they didn't build it right. But if only we had somebody who who knows about Geico riders. On this right. podcast, right? Yeah, if only. Uh, yeah, he didn't mention any of that to me, but I don't know where did you see that? Where did he, where did he say that? Uh, I I saw it on a Moto Forum board, but they had his they had quote of it. I mean, it was you know his his oh. quote, so he definitely said it. Mm. Well, if, if, um, Tim, right. if Timmy's uh, upset, then, if Timmy's upset, yeah. then I'm upset. That's the bottom line. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, okay. So there's really two winners from San Diego. Uh, that's how I feel in the 450 class. Um, Roxon has to be stoked that he went 23 laps. Remember, 20 minutes plus a lap, and he beat Ryan Dungey, and Dungey was all over him. And all off season, he talked about his fitness and how he he you know leaving Alden Baker was was fine and this and that, and, and we all thought so because of the Nationals. But hey, whatever, you never know. Um, and he did phenomenal, and so he's got to be stoked. And to me. Dunge got beat by 16 seconds at Anaheim 1. Now he didn't get the start that Kenny did, so there's a little bit of uh, of that. But if you're Dungey, you're like, yeah, okay, 23 laps. I'm right on him. He made a small mistake on the last lap to, uh, to, to, to widen the gap of victory a little bit. But basically, I think if you're Dunge, you're like, yeah, I got this. Like, I, you know, I'm okay. Um, anyways, so really I think both guys have to be leaving uh, San Diego happy Although Kenny's got the money and the three points, um, do you agree, JT? Yeah, I do, and uh, I, I would agree with you that both of them are probably happy because for Roxon, you know, he's like, oh, we went toe to toe, and I passed him and beat him." Uh, 
But for Dungey, leaving Anaheim, you know, everybody was talking about how big the lead was and how badly mm-hmm. can he beat everybody and no one can stay with him. Well, Ryan proved he can. You know, he, ju- he just did. And I know he didn't win the race, and he lost more points, just as you said, and that's a good point. But he proved that he can go with him, and he proved that his pace isn't unbeatable or unmatchable, and he's, you know, it, it's not like Kenny has this huge uh, – gap in between him and everyone else I, I think ryan did a pretty good job of rebounding off of anaheim and showing that he's in this thing you know long term mm-hmm. so to me it was a pretty big statement more from dungy than than rocks winning a second in a row I, I thought it was a bigger statement from dungy to say hey man like i'm here no problem let's do this so although, had to be encouraging for, for yep, dungy although kenny did pass dunge you know he did yep, he did yep. you, and that's that's the interesting thing is both of them are probably leaving there thinking, yeah, it's on. Right, you know? right, right. Um, and uh, and and Dunge had a, f- a better better lap time, two tenths better, best time. You know. Um, yeah, I think Kenny is his. He was hoping, and I would assume going in, he's like, "Yep, I'm going to beat these guys down again, even further, and knock their confidence down even more." And I don't think that's how it went. Even though he won, I well, think Dungey made the bigger statement. Actually, JT, after the race. Kenny told me that this win was better than Anaheim. Right, and and that's funny because I I didn't see it that way at all. You know, I, I really didn't. I, I thought Dungey made the bigger st- even though he lost, it, which is crazy to say. I know that right. sounds ridiculous, but I thought after Anaheim, this weekend's loss made a bigger statement than Roxon because everyone expected Roxon to win. That wasn't a surprise. Uh-huh. But I think I think Dungey quieted some of the people that were saying Roxon was unbeatable. Jeez, Weege, JT is just. He is not on Team 94. He's no, not. it has nothing to do with that. Listen, Roxon, Roxon is the best rider in the world right now. He's proven that two weeks in a row. But I think for for the people that were even hardcore saying that with Kenny, I think that was like, hmm, maybe he, he is still, right. but it's not that far of a gap. All right. Weege? Yeah, I agree with JT on it because, like I said last week, I said this is starting to get scary because – Essentially, no one has been able to match the pace of Kenny except for a handful of races. Southwick, one moto at Washougal, Tomac. It's been about six months since anyone has really been able to run with him or put pressure on him or match him. So to me, once Dungey, once he passed Dungey, it, he stretched a few bike lengths that next lap, and I'm like, this is going to be critical. If he just walks away, I don't care who you are, that's something to worry about. But he did not. So, yes, he beat Dungey, but now it shows that it's not like he's literally a second a lap faster than everybody every week all year, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then if you're figuring they're fairly close, and this is a small sample size, we're saying they're close based on right. one one main event, but if they're fairly close on speed, you're always going to give the edge on consistency and everything else to Dungy. So I think it's pretty big even though he didn't win. I think the worry was we know Dungy will be good and solid and consistent, but can he go as fast as Kenny? And he did go as fast as him here, so I do think that was pretty big even though he didn't win. Great race, though, right? Wow, was oh, yeah. that cool? That was awesome. Like, like props to both yeah. those dudes. Um, I think it would be a pretty interesting, like, to like a first take type debate to say who left with more uh, gained confidence, who the winner or the loser of that race. The I think you could make a pretty compelling argument for both sides. Are you on the hottest seat in sports right now, JT? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's three <laughs> degrees here, so there's nothing hot about my seat. We just need a hot chick in the middle, and we'll start arguing about each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, hey, can we talk about those whoops, too? And all these jerk-offs on Twitter. I said, uh, I said, hey, boy, Kenny's bike looked good in the whoops. And, and they were big and, and everything else. And then 
One guy hit me back. He attached Dungey on the comment and said, yes, but he was still not able to pull away from at Ryan Dungey. And then another guy said, another guy said, oh, yeah, but Kenny, uh, but Kenny himself has a lot to do with that. Just really, people? Really? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, look at me. Yep. I really just thought it was all bike. I, I absolutely figured I could get on that thing and I could hit those after the main event and it would be no problem. God, these I wrote, people. I, I wrote about this and uh breakdown that'll come out on racetracks online tomorrow. Just read off and just read observations. It's better. It was uh man, it was really, really apparent. I, and I watched the video and, and rewound it and watched it just the whoops over and over and over. And Kenny, and I watched everyone else. I watched Seeley, I watched Anderson, I watched Marvin, I watched Eli, uh, pretty much anyone and everyone that they showed. And Kenny's entry speed over the first three whoops was light years ahead of everyone else. Yes. And in reality, I know it's probably two, three, four miles an hour difference. Oh, I don't. But that's a huge difference. Do you think it's that high? Do you think it's four miles an hour difference? I don't know about that. but it's, I don't know, man. It's pretty compelling if you go back and look at right. it. Kenny's the only one that was what. Like, he was actively accelerating going yeah. into him. Everyone else was either maintaining their speed or even slowing down right. off that double. He was just grabbing a handful. Like he was going in with reckless abandon and that's partially mental, but the the mental confidence comes from how his bike's going to work, you know? So I think it's hand in hand. You can't, you can't just say, Oh, it's just the rider and you can't say, Oh, it's just the bike. But the confidence that the rider feels from what he he knows what his bike's going to do and he knows how his bike's going to react, that's it, it's kind of they go hand in hand a bit. You're still unable to pull away from Matt Ryan Dungy though. Right, right, right. Um, Dungy said in the press conference that uh, he he saw what Kenny was doing and he adjusted and he felt he was better. And I think he was, but I still don't think at Dungy's best whoop speed, it was better uh, after lap twelve ish. Um, and I think he moved to the left a little bit, JT. Maybe you, you analyzed it better, yeah. did he? Except for the last lap he did, yeah. Yeah, uh, moved over to the left where Kenny was, or closer that way. But yeah. I still think even though Dungeon matched or came close, it, Kenny was better uh, every every lap. So. Yeah, I, I would challenge anyone that can find a way to watch it again, uh, whether it's online or you you know DVR or whatever. Yeah. Go back and just watch that. I mean, it's really, really apparent what where he was making his time because – the entry speed is what allows you to go faster in the you know the midpoint and the second half of the whoops. It's really difficult to build speed once you're already in the whoops. Yep. So all that speed you're seeing, you know, three quarters of the way down was built over those first three. And I was surprised uh, the two two was good in them, but not amazing, not excelling like I would think. Um, yeah, so. I, I noticed the same. And I wonder. I, I don't have. Any, I haven't talked to him about this. I don't know. I'm purely speculating. But I wonder. If some of the the issue that they've had with turning, if he's compromised a bit on his his fork stiffness to to let the front end compress right. him and, and turn, uh, because that would take away from his his entry speed as far as what he you know if, if the forks are stiffer just like James right. and Chad they've always had the stiffest forks and it always allowed them to go in faster than anyone, but if you can't turn maybe you're going to back off on some of that fork stiffness to speed up, you know, speed up your corner. So I don't, I don't know, but I'm just, yeah. I was wondering why, um, and that, that could be why. So Weege, uh, that was a great race and those guys ruled and they were awesome. And, and it was, I hope we see more of that, but, uh, yeah, uh, 43 seconds back was Eli Tomac. 21 was Marv. 28 was Anderson. I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be Dick guy here on the podcast. But uh, those guys got to pick it up, or they got to be seriously bummed today. Well, yeah, that was what we talked about in the 
the preseason show where there were only four winners last year. And like I said, Anderson's two wins were not flukes, but the first round and a round where Dungey gets penalized, those are kind of weirdo rounds. And Tomac's win was at Daytona, which is a different type of race. But it was like at all the regular normal situations, Roxanne and Dungey, they did win every race last year. So I know we go in every season saying hashtag deep field, and it certainly isn't like if silly Tomac, Anderson, Muscan, if any of those guys win a race this year, we're going to be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this guy actually won. But it's like it just got laid back out there in very stark form of, man, those other two guys are really good, just like they were last year. Um, and I feel like that maybe isn't the best track or conditions necessarily for Marv, especially with those whoops. But, um, I mean, he – he pretty much gave it everything he had. He started with the guys. He had a big mistake at the beginning, but he still was. It didn't rattle him. I don't think he rode pretty well right after that, and he rode really hard. He, and he was, still ended up essentially a second a lap off. Uh, you know, if you averaged out of twenty-one seconds and twenty-four laps, his best lap time was only four tenths off Dunge. Um, so that's good. He was the only guy to stay in the fifty-twos, other than Roxon and Dunge. Um, so that's all stuff to hang your hat on. But I, 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 JT, there's some dudes. And, and by the way, how can I get out of this Sealy multiple race winning thing? How can I get out of that? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think there are a few people that made some wagers on Web being multiple race winners that are probably feeling the same way. Uh, obviously, it was we it could change again at Anaheim too. From all the things that we saw at Anaheim one, and then everything you know, the Dungey thing kind of flipped on its ear for San Diego, where he was right in the thick of it. It could change again for Anaheim too. So. I think it's still too early to draw any hard conclusions on how the season's going to go. Uh, but if if you made well, if you if you bet any of your friends that people were going to win a lot of races other than those two up front, you may be uh, want, exactly like you're saying. Maybe want to get out of that. And and the tougher the track, the more those two are going to win. Um, yeah, especially yeah. when they get out there and they're pushing each other like that. Because I think their ceiling's higher. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if Dungey's by himself and Marv's a few seconds back, I think there's not going to be a huge gap. Like, I don't think Dungey's going to run away. But when you get them into a scenario where they're both one and two and they're they're pushing both of each other to their limit, like their absolute limit, they're gonna they're gonna pull away pretty significantly. I feel so. That was uh, that was a worst case scenario for anyone trying to beat either of those two. Yeah. And Tomac again, not so good, Weege. Not so good. I talked to the Cowie guys. I was actually really oh. – go ahead. I talked to the Cowie guys about A1, A and they are like, you know what? Yeah. He said the bike was fine. He took 100% of the blame on the, on the arm pump. Didn't know what happened. Um, no no upset. Like, with the, you know, these things go sideways sometimes with teams and stuff. And, yep, everything's good. You know, just Eli's got to figure it out. And so that's good. That part was good. You know, none of this, uh, oh, God, the forks or the whatever. Um, but, man. He's got to be better. Well, the alarming thing for me is uh, the heat race, actually, because he got a good start, and then he passed Anderson and pulled away a little bit uh, for probably the first three laps. Mm -hmm. And then he started going backwards again. And then Anderson caught him, and then Anderson passed him and on the last lap. And I was like, man, it's just so not Tomac's MO, right, to start well, then slow up. But that is what we saw happen at Anaheim 1. And as soon as I saw that happen again now, the press release from Cowie, Tomek did not go to the press conference. And uh, that's it. You know, you'll never get more info than that. Um, and the press release of the team, the quote was just that he hit a wall and lost momentum. They're not going to put arm pump in there. But I'm a little worried. Because, dude, at the end, I mean, Pike was way back. And Pike got to Tomac. The last turn was almost a battle through the yeah. final turn. Like yeah. Pike was going for it. For Tomac to get caught from that far back by Pike, no offense to Pike, but that's what, seventh place? Yeah. Um, 
that's I, I, I would have to think it's the arm pump again. Yeah, and uh, Anderson, Anderson was very good um, all day long. Uh, was he fastest qualifier? He was, wasn't he, Anderson? Anderson was, yeah. Yeah. No, Dungey. Dungey was. Oh, Dungey was, yeah, at the very last Dungey lap. Dungey got him the last yeah, lap. Yeah, the last yeah. lap. Anderson was great, won his heat, and, uh, you know, looked looked great. But um took too long to get going. He took too long to get going before you were like, oh, hey, look at Anderson. Um, and, uh, yeah, JT, uh, he didn't get a great start. So just put that out there. Yep. No, you're right. He um, he got stuck behind Seeley and Tomac, and obviously his pace is there, but if – you know, I feel like he and Marvin are almost exactly the same right now yep. as far as speed and ability. And Marvin's getting the starts and Anderson isn't. So it's kind of been the, the yep. tail of the first two races for those two. Um, talking about Pike, though, nice job again. Weston Pike, everybody, on 8-7 to start That's the year. solid. Yep. Super solid. Yep. yep. He oh. seems like he's been able to remove those big crashes that have plagued him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's only been two races, but we haven't seen any big get-offs. And... I think that comes with experience because he's got a new pace, you know, over the last couple of years, but he seemed like he struggled to produce that pace. And then whenever he didn't have it, he would push a little bit over his head and, and have a big get off. So yeah. seems to be a little bit more comfortable with going, even if it's not the lead pace still, you right. know, seventh and eighth at the first two. And in, th- in right. this field with very little injury count so far, that's yeah. pretty strong. Uh, we bigger shit show press conference after Anaheim one or, or San Diego, which one? Uh, this one, actually, I think. I know. I agree. Uh, Lissamore Moore and I yeah. were talking, too, and, and, and we thought the same thing. Yeah, and a lot of this is, as they would say, inside baseball stuff. It doesn't really affect many people, so maybe we're, we probably shouldn't spend too much time on it. But the, the issue for me was that, you know, they have a nice room for everyone to work out of. But it was too hard, I think, to get there or something because it took us a while to get there, and we were still maybe there 10 or 15 minutes before the riders showed up. And then the 250 guys and the 450 guys came in together. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, we're done. Um, Ken Roxon, he tries. But he's not going to want to wait 20 minutes after the race to go to a room and then wait for the 250 guys to finish talking. He's going to be so bored and so over it by the time he's up there. And that's just to be expected. And I don't think they all – I really don't think those guys gave us great answers because I think they were like, let's get out of here, um, which is just not fair to anybody, including them. Yeah, it's not, and, and and I think the inside baseball stuff we people like, but uh, okay, we'll, oh, okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll agree to disagree on that. But yeah, we got to figure something out. Like we're we're not getting the quotes we need. The riders, I'm not able to listen to Anderson and um, who was the other guy they brought up? Oh, Seely, um, after the top three, because the Honda PR people are like, okay, if Mathis, if you want to talk to Kenny right now, you need to talk to Kenny. I'm still listening to Seeley and Anderson, but I got, I want to I do want to talk to Kenny Rocks, and he was the big star of the night, so that didn't work out, and it was the same thing as Anaheim won. Like nobody, this isn't working for the media. I don't think this is working for the teams. The teams are on different pages. It's not working for the riders because they seem like they don't want to be there and they don't care. Although it's a bit of a that the the top three two fifty guys are having a good old time up there, which is good to see. But um, you know. I don't know. We got to figure something out. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to be the guy uh, complaining, you know, because it's affecting myself and Pulp MX and, and my. But this isn't working, so we'll see. Yeah, my suggestion is they need to do it. Um, it needs to be a little less formal and more simple. Um, if they had it close to the podium or literally on the podium on the floor, real easy, real quick, easy to find, easy to get to, it would cut back on the wasted time. And I think that's all the difference. Like, like I said, as soon as I saw Roxon and, and his agent in the back of the room for the whole 250, 
conference, and we want to ask those guys questions. I mean, the 250 race was great. Uh, we don't want to rush, so it's going to take a little while. I'm like, dude, he's not going to want to – he's already done. It's taken a while to find the room. Now he's sitting there waiting. He's not going to want to be here a long time, and that's going to result in shorter um, answers. Um, so I'd say make it simple. They walk up. They shake the champagne. They go on to a stage. And we're already rolling. And they're in such a zone at that point. It's like, okay, I won. I did my TV. I did my live interview. I did the podium. Now I do this. I think at that point it doesn't feel like it took forever. But once you make those guys spend a half hour of just nothingness, I think then they're not buying into the process. And then our the right. info that we get suffers. And, and, and okay. by the way, let me interrupt you, but it takes so long to get that whole process over, you can forget about anybody else because the pits are going to be a ghost town because now it's probably an hour right. after the race. Yeah, which they were. I went back in there. We, you were gone. Your bag was getting thrown in the garbage at JGR. Yeah, I heard that. But um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you were doing. What, what were you doing? What, where were you for? I was hour? over at Honda interviewing Dan Bentley. I was working. That's what I was doing. Oh. I was working. Wow, okay. Yeah. My bad. Yep. <laughs> Actually, never yeah. mind then. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be... I'll be the guy here to be the dick because I always am. But there's people in the press conference that are asking questions that are doing nothing with the information they are getting. There's no race reports on these sites. There's no big stories on these sites that these people work for. They're literally not doing anything with the information. I'm writing a column. I'm doing a pulp show. I'm doing this thing. Weeds, you're busy. Uh, um, the guy B's got race reports to do. Transworld as a whole, how was your weekend thing? There's, there's major media covering this series, and I may, hey, call me elitist media. Go ahead. You know, I don't care. But if you're you're dragging this press conference out and you're doing nothing with the information but going, oh, cool, I asked Kenny Roxon a question. Cool. I don't like that. Now, I don't know how you monitor that. I don't know how you fix that, but that is part of an issue to me. So, are you, um, are you producing yeah. content from this press conference? Cool. Right on. You're allowed in. Ask questions. If you're just doing it to be cool, guy beat it so i don't know that's a bit um you know jerkish maybe but that's how i feel i'm with you okay i'm with you um, um just we got to figure out some other way and, and again like unless they're going to bring in uh, you know at the end of the 250 race they asked what other guys besides the podium guys would you like and i think we all said oh jimmy d um that yeah. would be interesting to hear from him and yeah. then you know it didn't happen and we kind of knew that they don't have the they don't have enough people, enough bodies to go out in the pits, fetch these riders, get them to the right place. Like that's, yeah. They probably would like to get maybe Jimmy D and Jeremy Martin in there, but who's going to go grab them when they're trying to make sure they get the main guys too? I want to request Phil every weekend just to piss Phil off. <laughs> yep, we need Phil in here right now. Right now. Nope, can't go home. Nope. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. So anyways, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll, this, 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 this aggression will not stand. As the, the great Lebowski said, this will not stand. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Millsaps, good again, like Pike, two top tens. I think, JT, you, if you're Millsaps and Forrest Butler at the Rocky Mountain team, you're okay with this start. Yeah, I don't think it's been, uh, you know, no one's setting the world on fire, but Millsaps' starts have been good. Um, you know, he's won Fit, semi races. Fitness, yeah, fitness is fitness is good. You know, decent. Yeah, yeah. you know, he he's lost some spots. You know, getting passed by Sealy, and there's probably some guys that he wasn't thrilled that that passed him. Uh, but coming in, you know, it right. wasn't where they were like, wow, you know, he's ready to go win races. They knew he was sick. They knew he was beat up. He had the wrist thing. So there were a lot of asterisks placed on his first few rounds. I feel, 
And Forrest was even joking with him, like, okay, how bad is this going to be? You know, like, you're already coming in with excuses. Like, how bad is this going to be? So I think if coming in, like, on Friday or Thursday before Anaheim, uh, leaving the press conference with Davey saying he's sick and, you know, yada, yada, if they would have said, you, you know, these are going to be your first two race finishes, I think they would have signed up for that right away. Yep, I agree. And, and look, Davey's just, I don't know if he's elite anymore of the Rocks and Dungey, Muskan Anderson crowd. That's it. So, I think he can be. I think he, he can be. It yep. just, it's, it's hard for him to replicate that every week. Right. Uh, neither can Chad Reed right now. And yeah, I haven't, exactly. I texted back and forth with him. I don't think it's going too well. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have the talent to do it, but right. it gets tougher as you get older to bring that bring that level every single time, right. you know. And they had that; they were that guy. But as you get to be thirty, thirty-two, what right. you know, Davy's only what twenty-eight or so. Yeah. But um, Davy's got a lot of miles on him, lots of surgeries, and a lot of time off, and yeah. that stuff adds um, up. Speaking of Cooper Webb, uh, this, this is not going well. Seventeenth uh, in qualifying, second place start in the heat. I think he ended up eighth. If I'm correct, let me look. Um, Semi-race, a good start again. And he went, um, I think he got fourth in the semi, got passed, but made it through. Uh, Yeah, eighth in the heat. Uh, Semi, uh, third in the semi. Um, And then in the main event, I, I didn't see him crash, but he had to have crashed at some point, I would imagine. But he went backwards again, got lapped twice, I believe. Um... No, just just, just once. Just, I, I just heard once. people saying that. Yeah, no, just once. No, just once. Yeah. Um, but uh, wow, Weege, not a good start for Webb. I'm still, I'm not bringing up the panic button because the dude, uh, it's his first two races in the 450s. I think it's a literally, and I think his 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 background says he's going to figure this out. But wow, not a good start. No, and it was just more on display, I think, this weekend because he actually did get good starts in the actual races. Um, you know, it was a little more hidden at Anaheim because he didn't start well, but he really got that start, especially in the heat, and then it was just everyone in the building got to see him just not doing what was expected, which is getting passed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And, and one thing that I'm thinking is that, I mean, essentially this Yamaha has yet to prove itself as being good at Supercross. I'm far from an authority enough to say that it sucks or it's not good, but there isn't, there just isn't a track record yet for this bike. I mean, shockingly enough, the last person to win a Supercross main event on a Yamaha 450 was James Stewart at Daytona in 2012. That's a long time. So, you know, basically the bikes are kind of in a show me or prove it phase of if it can win, We'll see it, but so far it hasn't. So I don't know how much is him, how much is the bike. Right. Um, but it definitely doesn't look good. What do you think, JT? Um, sorry, I missed the. I missed it. What did you miss? I missed the subject. At least you admit it. Yeah, I guess it's better than just saying you start talking about, you know. It was Cooper Webb. Webb did, by the way. Webb did yeah, have a 109 lap time. I, on lap nine. I did hear Mathis. Yeah, I, mean, I heard Mathis. Yeah, I heard Mathis lead into that. Um, yeah. I mean, there there hasn't been much to to highlight. I, don't, I haven't seen one great thing yet, and I know that sounds harsh, but I haven't. I haven't seen a good qualifying session. I mean, I, he had some good starts, so maybe maybe that's true. He seemed like he figured out the starts and the qualifiers a bit, but then he didn't really do much with it. So. I'm sure he's frustrated. You know, I I hope they can just be patient and. Uh, can you imagine? Real- can you imagine JT what's going on in his head when dudes are literally just going by him and and he's powerless 
Like, yeah, it's uh, he's got to be losing know, it, right? Well, especially for him, right? <laughs> right, right. That's His, what I mean. The way he yep. thinks, yeah, yep. it can't be good. So that's that's why I say I just hope they're patient and realize that he's young and that there's a there's a long future ahead of him. So don't freak out. You know, right. just work on work on what's holding you back. That's your biggest thing you can do right now is try to make changes and figure out what is actually happening because it's just, it's not, it's not <laughs> that he doesn't know how to ride a dirt bike. Right. There's something going on. He wow. either can't turn it or he can't get aggressive and that stuff can be fixed, but it takes time and it takes a good person to diagnose what's actually happening. Can you pretend to be Chad Reed for a second, JT? I'm gonna be, uh, can you pretend to be Chad Reed for a second? I'll, I'll be Cooper Webb. Uh, sure. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Wow. Chad, uh, I just finished the main event in San Diego. Uh, this couldn't go any worse for me. I, I can't ride this bike, and I went backwards in every race, and I'm getting paid a ton of money, and I, this, I'm i so pissed right now. Dudes like uh, uh, dudes like the Tickle and, and Grant beat me, and, and what, what do I do, Chad? Yeah, you know, mate, um, I just keep riding, you know, <laughs> test a little bit, keep riding. Things aren't going that well for me either. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to, to tell you. See you later, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not that way, but I don't think Chad's throwing him a life jacket. He's just like, Hey kid, figure it out. Like he, Chad's, well, and especially when he doesn't probably have any answers for himself right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I don't think Chad expected to go eight, um, nine. Well, he DNF, you know, he would have been eight or seven and then nine. I don't think that's how he thought this was going right. to go. Weege, how are you handling this Brayton thing? Oh man, he actually did end up two laps down. <laughs> like Webb, Webb, and Webb did have a crash. There was one extremely long lap time. Yeah. Brayden's lap time was just not good. Two laps down, didn't show any signs. I think it starts for tiny bit better, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it wouldn't be nearly as intriguing if we didn't have the backdrop of still no one sure how this Moto Concepts having factory Honda help situation is going to work. So I mean, we know what happens in riders struggle. I, I, it turns into a crap storm instantly so i don't see how multiply that by moto concepts this should be interesting i don't see how brayton is not in that bogle grant wilson group all day long to me to me no no right and i know yeah. you know i know he's not on he's not on roxon and Sealy's bike and i know that bike is new but i mean should it be this off early on i don't know i don't know, know. baggage day jt yeah. went went uh, went upside down just completely upside down <laughs> I feel bad for Baggett because everyone is posting videos of that crash. Yeah. That's not great. Even like Pete Fox and, you know, Supercross Live and everyone's posting it. So not uh, not ideal. He's for, been for good, though. But Yeah, he's riding well. But yeah. that's probably not the type of the publicity he was hoping for. Right, right. Um, what happened there? Will you Post tell the me? Device fail? What happened? What? Oh, it was a clutch problem. Yeah, there was a bike problem. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that happen, though. I know Robbie Raynard. A- anytime hydraulic clutch wheelies over backwards, you, something generally goes wrong. Wait. Yeah, he said he was basically – it started spinning when he was in the gate, and then he pretty much knew when he let go of the front brake that there was a better hold on. But, oh, well. Um, save it. Robbie Raynard had a hydraulic clutch on his Yamaha in 2000, something like that, and he looped over backwards. It just – Something goes haywire in those. I don't, I don't know how they work well enough, but I've seen it happen before. Freddie Norn made the main on a 250F. Good job, Freddie. Nice That's work. That's pretty good. Yep. Uh, Clayson and Ray, 
Made it. All of a sudden, the depth of this class in one week. Because uh, Porcel crashed out in the heat. So, not a good start for Purcell at all. And um, He was sick, apparently. Went to get an IV, and then oh, he was yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Canard's uh, out. So, unless he's out. Um, am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm missing one more person. Oh, Schmidt. Tragen. Nick Schmidt. Are going to try to ride this weekend? Anybody know? Uh, if only somebody from Fly Racing, his main sponsor for a decade, I know is on nothing. this line. <laughs> I can honestly say I know nothing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, rotator cuff sounds you know, like it's going to be a while, but uh, one week is what they said. Oh, and Schmidt was in Germany. Nick Schmidt's a main event guy. you know. So um, good job for Clayson and Ray. Clayson's only been riding like five days. He broke his wrist over in Germany in the fall, in the offseason, so... Uh, nice work by him. Weimer was not happy and just, you know, whatever. Didn't have a good night. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about it uh, for 450 class. Anything else? By the way, um, well, by the way, Dino has been telling everybody that, you know, he's just going to do the first five. But I really think we're going to see him um, on a Yamaha, you know, somebody bringing his bike. And we'll see him at the other, the rest of the races. So. Yeah, it's hard to imagine he just doesn't go racing. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, they might be looking for a mechanic too, so I might step up. You're in? We'll see. Oh boy. We'll see. Oh boy. Um, all right, everybody. This is the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, flyracing.com. Weston Pike wears fly racing, and he's killing it right now, I think, in, in two rounds. So go buy it and be like Pike, who, by the way, uh, did get in trouble for his post race interviews. Um, uh, last week that I, that I got from him, and Jay Bone said when he called Pike on Wednesday, Pike said, I thought you'd be calling me earlier. That was the only only thing Weston really had to say. I just thought I would get I just thought I would get in trouble sooner. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, all right, and listen to this commercial from uh, from Michelin Starcross Five and uh, Race Tech Pulpamex Seventeen is the code at Race Tech to get some suspension work, and we'll be right back to talk two fifties. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back. 
people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. FlyRacing.com. Racerx Podcast Show, Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas. I'm Steve Mathis talking some San Diego uh, Supercross 250 class. Uh, what, well, I mean, what, what, yeah, wow, what a race. Oh man, McElrath wins again, leads two laps, but uh, wins again. Jimmy D leads for 10 laps uh, and finishes sixth, and Marty. Goes from first to fourth in uh, a lap and a half, I believe. I gotta watch it again, but um, yeah, that was nuts. That was insane. Where do we start, JT? Let's give Jimmy D some props. I mean, that that was good. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Did he did he pump up? I mean, I, I saw some mistakes, but yeah, uh, maybe. What did he say? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, that's a bright light to yeah. to be under, you know. So he said he got a stomach cramp. So that could be. I mean, it seems a classic pump up scenario, but that could happen too. Yeah, stomach cramps usually from too high of a heart rate in that situation. So he was probably redlining, pushing too hard, winning, you know. Um, that's usually when it happened to me anyway. I guess it could happen different for everyone. But usually your heart rate's too high. You can't hold it, and then you cramp up. Hmm. Um, bummer for Jimmy D. Yep. He had a good. He had a nice-sized lead at one point. I bet, what was it four seconds, five seconds? Probably at some point. Yeah, he was looking We were all good. pretty pumped up. It was like, wow, look at this. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and yep. re- and really, again, you know, the 18 laps, uh, the new format, um, definitely caught some guys by surprise and helped some guys. Hill was fast all day long, all day. I don't know what it was. Um, he won San Diego. His only other win, right? Or his his win on Cowie? I mean, his first win. It was his first yeah, win. Yeah, he also won. Uh, he won one of the Vegas that year. Either the shootout or yeah. the final round of the year. But I was just thinking, like, uh, I was trying to think, I was trying to think, like, what's the deal here? Because the dude's totally different. Um, By the way, my my favorite quote was uh, our friend on Twitter, Bob from Omaha, saying that Hill is riding like Mitch threatened to put him in Dooney's four. So that was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because um, Hill was a new guy. And I think, I think like 450s, uh, Weege, Hill's got to be stoked and McElrath stoked. Yeah, because the first race was not great for Hill. Um, it just wasn't. Um, so he's got to be like, okay, I didn't win it, but at least I know I'm in the hunt now. And it's not like his result was so bad he's out of the points or anything. So he just needs to know he's on it. Um, and McElrath, I mean, dude, what can you say? Like, yeah. He didn't even, you know, last week he won, but he did lead every lap. This time he didn't even do that, and he still won. So this is amazing. Yeah, McElrath's in the new uh... – Remember when Kennard came out of nowhere? I mean, he was – Kennard was factory Honda guy, so he didn't come out of nowhere, you know what I mean? But we're all like, yeah, yeah, he'll figure it out or whatever. I mean, this is different because Macaroth's not a rookie, but kind of I feel that way. Like, whoa, look at this dude, JT. It's been impressive, man. He's, I think more the way he's been doing it because he's just waiting these guys out. I mean, he, you know, in the heat race at Anaheim, he did that to Jeremy Martin. This weekend he kind of came from behind and – I don't know. I haven't seen any any real cracks in his game yet. So uh, if you had told me that he was going to come out and win in this fashion the first two rounds, I would have laughed at you. So it's been impressive. Yeah. And Hill was great, like we said. Uh, Plessinger was okay. He didn't. He wasn't shining all day long, but he ended up with a third. So that's not too bad when you go two three, and you can uh, you can come away with that without your without your A game. You know, um, mm-hmm. he's got to be okay with that. Yep. And uh, well, Marty couldn't do it. So. He's got to be crushed, and I'm not. That's all I'll say. That's just. I bet you feel great about it. Too, I, I do not feel great about it, but I would like to think that everything that I've kind of criticized Marty for was encapsulated in this race right there. <laughs> that that's what I would like to think. Do you feel vindicated? No, because I feel like the uh, like you know the four wins in in eighty something starts vindicates me already. But I mean, he just that was his JT. That he's he's a twelve year veteran. He's on a factory bike. He knows the deal. And that was his race. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're telling, saying anything that he doesn't already know. So had to be, uh, had to be pretty crushing for him to not even get a podium, right? And, but yeah, those sure. guys I mean, were coming. A, so I, I don't know. Pretty, that, pretty tough. All I'm saying. That's all. That's all I'm going to well, say. The interesting thing would have been if that would have been a 15 lap race, he would have won, right? Yep. Yep. So, so. um, we uh, J Mart. Uh, we talked about his, his near his crash and his near death experience in practice, but um, hey, he's twenty one points down after two races. Yeah, I know, and uh, I, certainly there's been signs he was fast in practice the two weeks and all, but and this was a disaster as far as the main goes. Handy got stuck in the gate, and he, I guess I don't know what happened. Mistimed it, flinched Dude, something, and Handy went right into it. I think Handy was pull, I think Handy was pulling an Alessi. I didn't want to say that, but it sure seemed that way. He was so far off. Right. Like, he went straight into it, and the gate wasn't even close to dropping. Um, and then J-Mart was right next to him, so that made him flinch. That made him hit it. Not as bad as Hanny, but pretty bad. And then J-Mart crashed again on the first lap trying to pass him, dudes. So, whatever. After all, that seventh is good. But the problem with him, I don't feel, really has been that he's slow at Supercross the last few years. He's won races, but he's – phenomenally inconsistent for a guy who's consistent enough to win titles in a, right. you would argue, harder to be consistent 24 motos. See, how we can have 24 motos and fix the problems, but can't get through nine without disasters happening um, is weird. So it's kind of the same thing. Like He'll probably win some races this year, but in the end, well, there'll be too many weird nights. It's going to be tough now to win the title. It's only 21 points, but look how many guys he'd well, have to uh, that's what I'm saying, pick like, it up on. 
I don't want to yeah. be I don't want to be Dick Podcast guy here again. But this title's over yeah. for him. It's over. It's 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 he's got too many guys to jump. You know. Yeah, there were remember years ago like Handy got off to a great start and he won like the first three rounds. Then he got hurt. But uh, it was like Tickle only had to catch him. Right. As soon as Handy. But I mean, if McElrath errs, you still got to catch Plessinger. You still got to catch Marty. Hill's going to be good. So this is going to be tough. A disastrous night, but it's just weird how that happens to him in Supercross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speed, speed is there. Like you said, it looks good. Yeah. Times are good, yeah. but um, can't stay away from that one mistake, JT. You know, whatever it is. He's just not te- – yeah. maybe he's not technical enough. Maybe he's making these same mistakes outdoors, but we're not noticing it because he's throttle pinned, he's hanging off the back, bike's working. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's bouncing around outdoors too, but there's more room. Mm-hmm. He's pinned, and we, so he gets away with it. But because yeah, there's mistakes being made, I think he's just better. I think he's just better <laughs> outdoors. I think he's capable of going right. fast supercross, but I just think he's more suited to it. Yep. It works for his style better. Um, you know the the start thing, Hanny screwed him pretty much. You know that wasn't all his fault. You know the guy next to you jumps, you're gonna screw your start up too, most likely. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, in a short series like that, you can't go six, seven or whatever you win and, and hope to be in this thing, especially when guys like McElrath and these guys are getting on the podium every time. I think that's my biggest surprise in the, in the, uh, biggest surprise in 250 so far is J Mark to me. Like, I'm like, wow. So you guys, I mean, I think, I would it's, say big, McElrath. I think it's a bigger surprise than McElrath winning to oh, me. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk about Hanny, seventeenth uh, to tenth, good ride after not making the main event. It was good, yeah. So good, good job by him. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Jimmy D. We talked about this. Too bad. Uh, Forkner quiet fifth. Mitch is okay with Forkner's finishes though. I spoke with Mitch after, so he's okay with the with the finishes. Um, I heard. Um. It's weird. I watched Forkner ride, and I'm like, he looked really good, but the um, lap times never show it. Um, but I don't know. I've heard maybe it's the whoops. That, that's why. Like, if you watch him the entire track, he looks good, but then the whoops, he had some problems. I didn't notice it, but I heard some people mention it, that he was losing time there. So maybe that's the whole that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Mel Ross was good coming from the back. Um, Bowers? Anybody? Uh, that's your That's your guy. It is my guy, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with us right Doesn't now. Doesn't look like he has the speed right now. No, the top guys. or some fitness, or some fitness. He got caught late in the race. Yeah, but the, the fitness was we saw that last year, whether he was sick or not. Right. The speed was there last year, and I haven't yeah. really seen that yet this yeah. year. Chisholm had a bad race, crashed a bunch. Uh, Dandy Dan crashed too. He's up there. He crashed uh, in the corner, same corner as yep. Purcell, and same corner as uh, as uh, Martin crashed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Martinez, good job by him. He he went through the LCQ, did he not? Yeah, he did. Uh, so that's good. Good job for Martinez to get twelfth, um, salvaging a, a night. You know, um, supposed to have Rhino on tonight on the Pulp MX show. We, what team is he working for? Is that champions? Is that champions team? Or is that Martinez's team? Uh, what, what, what Martinez. Team? I know. I know. There's a lot of Yamaha teams. Martinez is his team. Okay. And what's champion got on? Some outside sponsor or some title sponsor, but I can't remember the name. Okay. Like, not iPhone, but very close to iPhone. iBit? iBit, I think. Okay. IQbit. Uh, do you I remember know. Rhino's old mechanic hoodie? Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like him and Hoodie running the show, no, which is pretty hilarious. Wait, I got one more. It's Rhino, Hoodie, and Brent Myron. No. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. Can you imagine oh. what goes on there? Oh, my God. Three of the most wild, crazy, combustible. The team's got lots of personality. Let's just say that. <laughs> Brent yelling with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, revving a bike to 15,000 RPM, and Hoodie and Rhino <laughs> uh, fist fighting about something and then hugging each other and loving each other 30 seconds later. Um, did Brent Myron, did he put gasoline in bikes while smoking cigs? I, probably. He must have. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like right over the tank, just leaning over. Little known fact, I replaced Brent Myron in 1998 on FMF Honda because him and another guy punched each other, were punching each other, uh, and they fired both of the guys, and in steps Mathis. So, little little known fact. Um, All right. But wait, Champion and Martinez on the same team. I thought Champion was on... Um Champion's on the Barnes Pro team with Aldridge. Okay, Lissamore saying yes. Lissamore saying I'm wrong. Yeah, okay. So Yeah, Champion <laughs> and Aldridge are on the same team. Aldridge now hurt, I guess. When did Aldridge get hurt? When did this happen? I don't know, but but who his teammate, who's who's is it champion? Champion posted it. Okay. John, champion, champion posted teammate, and now it's John Ames. Okay, yeah, and champion posted a photo. Thank you, Scott Champion, if, I, if I'm Chris Aldridge. Thank you for posting a photo of me completely knocked out on my face at the track and going, this isn't good or something, or whatever. Did you guys see that? No. Champions I guess that answers the where did he get hurt question. Champions into the ground. It's like, bro, stop. Thank you. Thanks for that. You know? <laughs> Last thing Aldridge I'm needs. I'm just going to tell you folks again, go find the privateer profile with Aldridge from about a month ago and read it. It's probably the best interview of the year. And what about the cat? The cat is in. He's he's a West Coast Tivity Seth specialist. The guru. Made the main again. So yep. uh, Bradley I think Bradley I think Bradley Taft had a bike problem. Do we know? Or did he crash out? I'm not sure. That's JT, that's your guy. Yeah, no, I know. I wasn't there though. I, I okay. had tough times figuring it out. All right. So uh Macaras got fifty, Plessinger's got forty two, Hill's thirty eight, Marty's thirty eight. Do, uh, Forkner is uh, uh, nine back of those guys. But right now, 12 points between the top four. McElrath, Plessinger, Hill, Davalos. Who's your guy, JT? Who's your guy? For the title? Yes. Uh, it's been Plessinger, but it's hard not to pick McElrath right now. I mean, uh, I still think Plessinger's going to win races, but I haven't seen anything out of McElrath that would make me say uh, otherwise Yeah, I'm sorry, Sugar Shane. Good dude, but... I still like Plessinger. Yeah, that's why I, yeah. I'm. Just, I mean, I stuck. I said Plessinger. I'll stick with him, but right. McElrath's making it hard to choose against him. Right, Weege. Um, I picked J Mark at the beginning, so I'll just stick to that. <laughs> no, you can't. You How's can't. it looking? No, you can't. Good. You can't. Sell well, it. you should change. If you make a prediction, you gotta. No, you gotta think with that's the why part. I read through the points. No, that's why I read through Am the I, points. I'm allowed to switch. Yes, absolutely. You're allowed to switch. Oh, all right, well, fine. The McElrath's undefeated, so of course I'll go with him. And then if he has a bad race, I'll just pick somebody else. <laughs> McElrath, good. I like it. McElrath's average finish is a one. Yeah, how can I not pick him? McElrath's average qualifying is a 1.5. So, um, all right, anything else? Uh, Anaheim 2 this weekend. I think I'm wrenching for Alex Ray. Got to figure that out. So, I'm busy. You guys won't see me. I'll be down on the... Down on the floor, taking him to the top. 
That's, that'll go well. I hope he makes the main. I mean, that's going to be going to be some pressure now. I know he made it this time. Yeah, like he won that. the LCQ. Yeah. Yep. Collected on a Pulpamex bonus. We have a win bonus at Pulpamex. So if you win the sticker, you get a win bonus. Um. All right. Anything else? Uh, thanks, Bogle, for getting uh, staying 11th the whole race and then screwing me on my Rocky Mountain Fantasy picks with, with a, <laughs> by passing into 10th late in the race. I had Bogle as well. The jerk. <laughs> he doesn't realize the fantasy thing is worth, like, double. Right. Killed us. Wild card. Yeah, wild card. Um, Grant's been good, too. We should, we should shout out to Grant through two races. Yep. Been yep. riding forward yep. and looking good. Yeah, he's riding well. Um all right, who's more worried? All right, let's let's end it with this. Let me let me do some rapid fire questions. Who's more worried right now? Eli Tomac or Cooper Webb fans? Weege? Um, actually, I'm gonna say Tomac. I mean, Tomac was supposed to be a title guy, and and Webb's just supposed to be like, eh, let's see, right? He's a rookie, so he gets a lot more rope. It's year four for Tomac, you know. It's a big difference. Right, JT. Is there any way to give them both? I I don't Shocking think both of them should be extremely you, concerned. Shocking, you want a waffle? Um, <laughs> I don't. How do you choose between the two? I think expectations were different for the two, but they've both been way off their expectations. You just used the word extremely concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, or Brayton. I could have thrown Brayton in there. Not on the same level, though. No, I don't. I don't think he had the pressure or the. Uh, right, right. Yeah, just the fanfare that those two did coming in. Right, right. Okay. Um, I think with Brady, it would be good to have a good season, but those other two, they can't have bad seasons. They're just too, too well known, too highly paid. Like they can't struggle. It's just not, it's not an option. But they're kind of the both of them are the the face of their OEM moving forward, right? Yeah. So right. gotta gotta step yep. up. Love to get the, yep. love to talk to these two guys after the races, but we can't. Sorry, got to go there again. Sorry. Um, I was now told that that uh, was never supposed to be the case, and no one's really sure why team people were telling us that because they were supposedly never told that. So I'm very confused now. Oh it's really? really? Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. Fingers yeah. are being pointed, like fingers are being pointed in all directions. So like they do this big media thing, and they don't they don't include any of the media into it, by the way. And then so they do this new procedure, and then no nobody can agree on the same procedure. Really super weird. Really weird. So wouldn't it happen under Denny's watch? Oh, wait, none of it actually would have happened under Denny's watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Denny wouldn't have done press conferences. I would, I would like to tell Denny that it's all messed up, but I don't want to give him that kind of compliment. So can, can we talk about, we're just going to leave it alone. Can we talk about Jim Hawley's flip phone ringing in the middle of a press conference? Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but, hey, that was a perfect example Um I was not done. Like, they raced 24 laps for the first time ever in Supercross, and I was going to ask a question about it. Yeah. And they're just like, Jim's like, okay, we're done. We're wrapping it up. And then, thank God, his phone rang, and he had to stop talking for a minute, and I just grabbed the mic and just asked a question. Right. I don't understand why. But why did it have to end? <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, fly right. like the yeah. entire event, the entire event is – the fell people looking at each other, getting to speed it up. And the entire press conference is speed it up, speed it up, speed it up, get this over, get this over. And right. Guy B, I don't think uh, Steve got to ask a single question. He just got cut off every time. And, and, and I'm like, why are you 
supposedly having a press conference to accommodate us, and the number one goal is just get it done and don't really have it. Well, the people that don't do anything with the, with the information seem to be getting their questions in, no problem. So, That's true. Well, and then so you have the team, you have the fell people looking at each other. You have the rot. Like J Mart last week was like, "What am I doing here?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, I'm going to interview you." And I was literally, I after the press conference, I interviewed J Mart. He took off. He was there for. He sat there for the whole press conference. Got interviewed by Mathis, and then took off. And it was like really weird. So you have the team guys going, "What's going on?" You have the fell guys going, "What's going on?" You have the media guys going, "What's going on?" We'll figure it out, people. We're not, I'm not bagging on too many people right now. But and we'll work through this and we'll figure that out. I hope, but it's not working right now. And I think pe- I do pe- think people like to hear about us in this sort of stuff, Weege, but maybe not. Um, okay, so, all right. So we'll figure it out. But like, if you okay, if you're Forrest Butler, Rocky Mountain team, Millsaps, Baggett have not been anywhere near any media for two weeks. No clue what's going on with their races, right? No, no, so, Millsaps were great. Um, and, last two weeks, but yeah, no, who knows? And Baggett was great at day one. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Uh, A two this weekend. Are we all going, or yep. are we not skipping races now? JT, is that what we do? We, we skip races. Uh, that's what you do. Like mid midpoint of the series, you'll take like a month off. <laughs> oh really? Oh really? I'll tell you one race I'm missing this year again. St. Louis. That one in Florida. Daytona. I'm out. That place can 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 then in Detroit because you missed all those last year. No, uh, last year we sent our Paul Max correspondent to Detroit, and it was clear that I need to go to Detroit after his performances. <laughs> what about your performance this past weekend? <laughs> really, you're gonna go there? You're really gonna yeah. go there? I could have gotten Lars and Knowles. It was easy. <laughs> it could have done it. So now I need to go to Detroit. It's been clear that that cannot be handled without me. And so now I will skip that Florida race that you cannot see anything, you're not allowed to go anywhere, all of that. So I have a feeling this podcast is going to get lost somewhere in the interwebs and never make it. Why? And we're going to have a very upset uh, oh, oh, employee oh. behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. They'll just, oops, deleted it. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Right. Yeah, we do rely on, on, on Detroit correspondent to get this podcast up. So, uh, all right. Yeah, no, Detroit was great. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Knowles and Lars were fantastic interviews, uh, for sure. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, guys. See ya. We'll see everybody in uh, Phoenix in person. One lucky winner. RacerXOnline.com slash subscribe. If you, uh, if you need to talk to Marty, I will take you right over there. Or <laughs> yeah. Anderson. Uh, I'm sorry. It's uh, .com slash SXHangout. My bad. SXHangout. Okay, so it's so. Can we tweet that? Can you tweet that to me, or send, and I'll retweet it. So yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll tweet it myself right now, and then just okay. just do what you do best. Just copy everything I do. You know. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you again. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks for your time, Weege. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that air I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.